Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. Well, hello. Seems a few things have gone down since the last pod, more than a week ago at this point. So Arsenal has become a contender. Chelsea, a pretender. United won a game. Just kidding. They drew. Everton lost a game, notably. And our own, damn it, Liverpool Football Club somehow has skated to a perfect 3-0-0, beginning with, of course, last-minute heroics in the derby. Sad with Gomez going down versus Burnley. Then the emphatic 3-1 away. Then last year's magic returns versus Bournemouth. How amazing was that? Thoroughly punishing 4-0 at Vicarage, where even Slaw almost single-handedly, thanks in part to Chelsea cunts, pushed us back top of the table. And Salah, if you look at the goal total, is back where he belongs, where he was last year in our greatest of moments. So did I miss anything? Like, I think is it is a trash day over there? Trash pickup? That beep is gone. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think your uh, your trash man is here, but no oh, trash day for Food Depot. <laughs> um, so thanks for joining as you have. Um, I'm joined by two greats, as you can tell, calling out when the garbage man's here. <laughs> Couple swell guys, <laughs> Joey Vishney. Just ra- I play at the garbage man. I'm just up top like Ricky Lambert up there, just picking up the trash. That's what I do. <laughs> just raining down the positivity on y'all. And, of course, LG, straight from his, what is it you do again these nights, like Greco-Roman wrestling? No, I'm just doing physical therapy for my knee. <laughs> I'm like uh, so AOC. Yes. We get it. <laughs> Thanks, Ali. You're among friends. Ali's always injured, always. Why are you I sweating? Say, you, he hasn't gone over two months without being injured in like the last 15 years of his life. It's incredible. <laughs> Like even Ames laughs at him. I I think Sturge has nothing on me, to be honest. You are Lucas Leva. I am. I really am. Except he's blocked me on yeah, social media. Still, still blocked <laughs> by the Leva social media team of. I'm his biggest fan, and I'm blocked. That's the saddest thing ever. Which you know he doesn't have a team. He has like his cousin, like niece. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what happens. Anyway, we're gonna make this compact because you know there's been a bit of news out there since our last one. So uh, we'll begin with some headlines. Alex headlines. Sing, sing it again. Alex headlines. Thanks, guys. Now this is on the record for next time. We'll go just a quick touch through the matches that have happened since in this 3-0-0 streak we're on. We'll call out any individual situations of note. Of course, Gomez, we're going to delay that depression as far as we can in this pod is sad but there's some happy so we'll front end that and then we'll get out of here uh nice and tidy go back to what you're doing great so headlines so we're going to talk about some not so cool stuff with gomez 
let's start with the great stuff. Um, in addition to all this cool, all these results, goals from Salah, team really gelling, the midfield getting confident. Joe Gomez, big Joe Gomez, it's a big guy, signed his deal. He is boxed off, including all of our attack, uh, our midfield, if you count the newer guys that will actually start longer term, Keita Fabinho, they're locked down, and staying, thank God. And defender, save for Robertson? Or has Trent signed his deal? We're pretty much... Trent's still got, I think, I think he's got like a little, just a little over two years left, I think, with Robbo as well. So you've got a good share of the side that achieved such great heights last year. It's off to a record-setting year this year. Completely committed. Pretty awesome. So we spent a lot of time deriding Klopp maybe for his team selection at Paris. This might be the one where we lift him back up, like dust him off, Klopp here. Not so bad. So what? Start with Gomez. Number one, you know, it's like the the hero and zero moment. You know, the zero he's gone down. What's he doing? What's Klopp doing playing him out of position again? Which is kind of on loop in my head. But he signs. What does this mean, Allie? That we have the best center back partnership in the Premier League for a long time, Joey. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um, it just it sucks that he's injured again because uh, it just it seems like he's always picking up these injuries that you know you you don't want to say he's injury prone because a lot of them aren't really his fault, right? Like the uh, you know a lot of them are just poor tackles um, that results in his injuries, so he's just unlucky, I think. Uh, but I mean, just in, in terms of him getting this deal, this is this is a big deal. I'm sure it's a big pay raise. And, um, you know, he's earned it. We, we've been talking about Joe Gomez for a long time on this podcast. And before, you know, he initially had started off as a left back for under Rogers and just seeing him kind of back for the first part of that season. Yeah. Yeah. I think he played six or seven games or something like that. And you could see now his maturation to where he is today. You know, he's still only what, 21 years old. So it's, it's a great sign. And especially with, you know, you have players like, Love and shout out painter um, that gets like just aside from everything on the field. It just seems like he picks up a lot of random like illnesses and, and like viruses and just random kind of almost non like training or playing injuries or reasons why he's out. Um, and so it's, it's good to, to make sure that we lock up someone like Joe Gomez, who will hopefully be the mainstay for the, the next at least three to four years with Van Dyke. And it sounds like he might be coming back from injury sooner than anticipated. So yeah, he was in training. He wasn't fully participating, but he was there, which was uh, that's it's crazy to hear. Uh, and, uh, and a huge boost for Liverpool, if that's the truth. I wouldn't rush him back, though, because you know he's going to be such an important player for us. So uh, as much as I you know, hate not starting him, I, I would rest him the extra amount of time he needs in order to come back fully fit. And yep. with Matip having the game that he had, and maybe he can continue some of that form, um, you know, plays well out of the back. So we'll see. But overall, just just a huge positive for for the club, for the fans and for Joe. You know, he's he's come back from some some pretty tough injuries and, and you know, has earned every bit of this contract. Yeah, he also has such a good relationship with uh, VVD. So it's just nice. To see Did you that. see that on the training pitch when VVD found out he, uh, yeah. he heard 
Yeah, yeah, it's a great it's moment. Too, too good. It's just that's our that's our feature right there. Our feature captain, our feature center back. I just I just love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. But it sort of begs the question about rotation, though. He goes down. He tends to get an injury years, almost what he's good for. And, you know, don't even talk about his catastrophic injury a couple of years ago. But it, the need for rotation and capable rotation. And we could make fun of Lovren for the preponderance of this pod. But there's got to be someone better on the bench, whether it's getting Nathan- the young kid, Phillips, Nathaniel Phillips, up, raising him in backup. I'm sure you've got Matip, and he's playing decent, but you know his ceiling's limited. Did they- Matip starts over Nat all day long. Lovren's going to start over Nat. He's going to play Matip until he gets injured, and then he's going to yeah. run until he gets injured, and then he's going to be forced to bring uh, Matt Phillips or whoever. whatever, whoever to- I, I think you'd almost, to be <laughs> honest, if it was, if it was a relatively big game i could even see him starting fabinho as a center back over matt i mean he he has a hopefully a promising future after what we saw in the preseason but i don't think he's ready for you know a title potential title run in um so so you look at our you look at our schedule you know the month of december jan feb which are always crazy champions league if we're fortunate enough to get past tomorrow what do you do uh, in January? You need, in my view, you need to go into the market and pull out a kid. Spar- the Spurs seem to do it every year. Uh, I'm I'm not so sure it's a center back this January unless you can somehow get Delicht. But that's, I mean, if you get Delicht, then it's your the plan is to start Joe Gomez and wherever Delicht goes, he's going to start. Awesome. Oh, I got a I got a uh, coworker who's who's from the Netherlands, and he definitely corrected me on that the first time I mentioned it. He's he's all about Dilly. He loves him. Um, didn't but, like DVD at first for some reason, but now he's he's grown to him for sure. So that's great. Um, yeah, uh, um, but notice something though. If, if we're we're still a Virgil Van Dyke injury away from absolute crisis, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but we were always in this position, and I, I just I don't see him going right now with us having the best defense in the league. And, and I know that just like you said, it's a Virgil van Dyke injury away, but do you really see him going in January right now and spending 40 to 50 million on a defender who knows he's going to come in and not start? Uh, I mean, I can see that potential maybe for someone way, it was a lot cheaper, but I think the, I think the main goal right now for this club, if they're going to get anyone in January, is someone like a Pulisic or someone like, um, Nabil Fekir again. I, I I would see them it being an attacking player versus a defensive player. And don't get me wrong, I think we need another solid setback in the rotation for sure. Um, we already know all my feelings on on the rest of the players in the defense, but I, I just I don't see it happening. I don't see it going and spending thirty to forty million on a on a center back right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't see it, but we need to because look at where we are in the table. Look how close City are. We are. We've had the best start we've ever had to a Premier League season, and we're only one point ahead. That's absurd. You could argue that this is now the transfer window. You know, maybe goes to the owners or something and says, "Listen, one of our best chances, if not, might be our best chance since I've been here. Slash, maybe even moving forward, depending on where City goes uh, forward. You know, this is like, all right, give me the the one or two players I need in this transfer window to maybe completely solidify the squad and maybe just say, let's let's make our push right now. If he can convince those players." come in so 
who knows? I just, I, I would, I would like to see it happen. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. It's just crazy because like I said, this is our best ever start city in 2017, 18. They, after 16 games, they had 46 points and there were 11 points clear of the next team. Uh, Tottenham in what? 1960. They had 46 points. They were 12 clear 2005 Chelsea, 43 points, nine clear. Um, in 1907, United, 42 points, 10 clear. And then us, with our luck, we're 42 points um, for the season and we're one one point clear. It's just it's absurd how good the City team is and how deep they are. So that's why I think Jeff is bringing up, hey, why don't we go get someone in, in January to make sure we've solidified the defense even more because that's what's winning us games. You got it. It's the Liverpool of old, Rafa's Liverpool. <laughs> Exactly, but Joey, I know what you're. I know what you're saying. It's just realistically, I get it. The transaction volume doesn't lend itself to multiple players in January. It's a small window. I mean, the reticence to strengthen a team at the top of the table, especially in the league, in our league, uh, it, you know, can make transactions difficult. And pulling good players out of other top leagues is far from yeah. easy. So yeah, yeah, and, and really quick hard. before we before we move on from the subject of the center backs, there's listen, before I say this, don't mistake me for anything ridiculous as saying, you know, anyone's close to BBD because I think personally he's the best center back in the league and by, by a good margin. Um, but you know, you're saying we're a VVD crisis away, injury crisis away. I mean, I, I think Joe Gomez right now is, is a top five center back in the premier league. And that's based on form. All right. That's just a season. I don't want to sound like I'm going crazy, but I think an injury to him, you know, is not as big of a blow as VVD because VVD is a lot more of the commanding and, and, and has a lot of bit more leadership on the pitch. But Joe has been immense for us. Joe's cleaned up for Van Dyke a couple of times this season. I mean, he has been arguably our best player this season. So I think an injury to him, you know, is aside from Van Dyke or Allison, and and maybe Salah that it could be you know it is one of the bigger problems that that we 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 have and we're lucky that it sounds like he's had a schedule right now because Van Dyke I mean uh, Matip came in and yes he did he, he had a pretty good performance and and we know what he is you know he's a solid center back um, he's, he's such not, a weirdo he, man. He's, <laughs> he's what he's such a weirdo dude I love his reactions he is, he's a little weird and he is he's kind of he's kind of weak for how big he is but he'll come in and he'll do a job he's good out of the back when and we have a lot of possession uh, so that that helps but I just I think that Joe is is going to be an all-timer if he can stay healthy for us I mean he's 21 years old and, and um just his his ceiling is is so high and his floor is still really high I mean look what he's look what he's doing already so yeah, I, I know we're talking about Van Dyke, and, and you know maybe that just proves your guys' point even more that we need another center back. But um, doesn't you know, have I, to be a top class center back. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to spend sixty or forty or a Ragnar. Not a Ragnar. We just need <laughs> <just> Bob. <laughs> um, Raggy. But especially with the next couple of fixtures, I think I think you know the Napoli, the United, the Wolves, Newcastle, Arsenal game is really gonna determine what we do in January. If we go through all those games and come out you know, on top and still on top of the league and leading it, then I think Klopp will look at January differently than maybe if we don't do so well. Yeah, but in what way? Like differently as in make the extra push or differently as in not make the extra push? Yeah, make the extra push. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. After December, because December is absolutely crazy. So 
I don't know, Jeff, I think you wanted to probably talk about this, but uh, we go, we see Napoli tomorrow, as Jeff mentioned. Um, huge game. We have to win what, by two goals. Um, win 1-0 one one or win by two goals, I think. Yeah. And then and then we have United, where I think the only time Klopp has beat United is in a Europa League game. That's true. Um, Coutinho's fucking filthy chip. Oh, so that's, that's one of our bogey teams, because Mourinho's just an absolute cunt. And I don't think Klopp has done too well against his side. Not with this new side where we defend better, but I think that's going to be one of our hardest games this season, honestly. There's no question. Yeah, that remains the bogey on his schedule every year. And to your point, hasn't shown victory once in league competition. That's something we got to get over. And I think the importance of the next two, especially Napoli is all important at home. We should be able to grind out a result, but as we've said, Napoli aren't immune. Ancelotti not immune for taking, you know, being able to craft a point when he needs one. And you know, he's a so great manager, he man. Is, he he is, is. He is a great manager. He is a legend, obviously. And a lot of history going back to 05 even. So, yeah, it's going to be a very difficult effort on Tuesday. Um, but if we can pass that gate, it's all about United. There's just Nothing else that's important. I mean, the string of hard fixtures, of course, but nothing beats United. It's going to be hard, man, especially after that. I hate this fixture. I fucking hate it. I don't even want to think so, about it because it's going to piss me off. It's just going to kill me. Yeah. I, I, I don't even want to think about it. But it's like you just – you have the feeling even if we win, it might – okay, with, with the talent that we have, there's always a chance that we could smash them. But I, I just see it being like – it's one of those ridiculous games where there's a lot of chances and maybe it's like a one nail or just, it, I just I hate thinking about this picture. It bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Marino will park the bus at Anfield and it's all, it's all about how we can unlock if we can. I think Marino knows he needs a result against Liverpool. I think if, I think Mourinho loses to Liverpool, depending on how the next or depending on, I guess what they play Valencia tomorrow, but they've already made it through, so that doesn't really have too much. Um, Not at all for them. Yeah, it doesn't. Nothing's really riding on that. Um, so I just, it's it's Mourinho and it's United, and I just once it's over, I'll feel much better. Hopefully, Mourinho has already ruined my life way too many times, so I'm just kind of like waiting for it at this point. But we're so good that. I really think we should be able to. <laughs> it would, but it would be the worst. Like this could be the. And I'm not going to talk about the negativity. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Not even going to throw it out there right now. Don't do it. Not but going to. They're, they're coming away from what a four-one victory against the worst team in the Premier League right now. And I think Rashford had a really good game. I watched the game. He was. He was Dude, Lukaku shouldn't even be starting for them right now. He's been so piss what, poor. What I'm excited about though is the fact that Martial has picked up an injury. Um, That's huge. Know that. He's scared. Well, I think he's had a thigh injury for a little bit, so he's on and off, but. That's if he'll play against us and Trent will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But well, um we could talk but, about we could continue talking about United or we can reflect quickly on us again cuz I you know. Let's we're, do that. We're, we're self we're self involved, aren't we? Yeah. So, so it begins with let's all sit back and stare at it for a second. 16 match weeks, 6 goals shipped. Liverpool Football Club. I I keep looking at it. And I don't believe it. 
crazy. It's absolutely crazy. 13, 14, what were we on? Like 15, 18 at this point? It's well, unheard. when Virgil van Dyke came in, you just noticed, like, holy shit, this one player has made a huge difference to our defense that we've been waiting for, that we've been wanting. And and people were saying, no, it's more of a function of how we play. It's fucking and Allison is what it is, baby. Virgil van Dyke who came in, and then we just made it even better with Allison. So it's it's really just the players and the positions. That's all it comes down to. Good. Those two fucking units are just absolute top drawer. There's they they've completely transformed this team. Just it's a, a team without either of those guys. It's it's just a completely different team. It's crazy. Isn't Van Dyke leading us in? Is it touches and uh, passes this season? Like everything runs through him. We used to have. The number six, even when Van Dyke first started here, as he was getting used to the system, the number six would, like Hendo, what a lot of times would drop in between the center backs to try and collect the ball. Like the fact that we have Joe Gomez and VVD back there who can just be the playmaker for us is, it's ridiculous. We are very, very lucky to have this back five right now. Everyone, everyone in the back five is immaculate with the ball at their feet. You have Allison start there. Than the two center backs we just said, and Robbo, by the way, against Bournemouth, like he his touch, it's it's amazing. He's he's it's almost like he's getting better and better, which which you would expect because he's still what twenty three, but it's it's incredible to see. And then you know I, I like how Klopp's been resting Trent a little bit. You know he said himself he's just a kid. Uh, now he's obviously getting to be a, to play a little bit more. Um, you know, we saw Milner right back who congratulations to him for his 500th, but he, you know, he, he wasn't setting the world on fire back there. So, um, you know, Trent, but, but, but again, back to the the technique, I mean, Trent with the ball at his feet and and his passing ability and crosses, I mean, the back five is, can, can all be playmakers. So it's, it's incredible to have. And, and like you said that, you know, what is it? Five goals right now is it's six. It's just crazy to think about. It's absolutely crazy seeing as how, We've been a joke defensively for what's it been like six, seven years now, pretty much. Like since Rafa left us, or since Dalglish left us. Um, but, uh, and even Dalglish, did we have like Kiriakos at that time or something? Uh, fuck me. There was a skirtle running uh, around. I'm pretty sure. Robo's 24, by the way. What's that? I Is he 24? I think he just turned 24, though, right? He just had a birthday or something. Yeah, I think he's 24 now. You can like rent a car. <laughs> Jesus. So, um, <laughs> so not that anybody is anymore. So lots of things to celebrate. Uh, Salah at the top. I think our attack has sort of figured it out. You know, dare I say, I mean, Mane has been in form all season, had some fits and starts, but has had consistent quality in large part. Salah, everybody's been wondering when it, when he's going to kick on. And then Bobby, he's starting to see some joy in the back of the net. So I think you could argue that that front attack that everybody was in love with last year, what took us all the way to Kiev, is returning. It's back. Hello. Good to see you. <laughs> well, I think, I think just playing Salah through the middle and then... Uh, yes, exactly. Putting Mane on the right... Is pretty interesting because that's his favorite position. Do you remember mm-hmm. how long it took him to get used to the left side? Mm-hmm. I think that can just make teams just really confused because I don't know. I think they're going to be really interchangeable on that side. I think I, I just think that works really well. I think Shakiri yeah. 
Mane switching and swapping off for the right side. Yeah, I'm curious to see a little bit more sample size of Shakiri on the left-hand side. I know he it's definitely not his normal um, position that he likes playing. I, I would just be curious to see what it's like. I mean, you got... You, with with Robo getting as forward as he does, though, it, you know we can we can have Mane go over to the right hand side, and I, you know I, I wish I had this stat somewhere pulled up, but I thought I'd seen that uh, Salah when he plays up top has scored a lot, which which is obviously natural. You would you would expect this to happen, but him playing up top, he's he's been scoring a lot more goals for us than he was out wide where we played him last season. Even though he had an incredible season last year, I mean there were times where he played through the center of the park. I think. I, I I'm never I, I don't mind Firmino in the ten, uh, but I as I see him continuing to drop deeper and deeper, it frustrates me a little bit. But that does mean that Salah gets to get in behind, and and you just you even saw it with the uh, in the Bournemouth game, the interception by Firmino, who just feeds the ball right through Salah when you know uh, Cook fouled him, and then he ended up finishing through Ake's legs um, with with the left foot. Um, that they we're we're just able to do that now at that pace up top. So it's. I've been liking what Klopp has been doing with a lot of different players this season. I, I don't think he's been getting enough credit this season. Uh, but, you know, it's hopefully things are starting to click. That's that's the thing that a lot of people have been saying right now is, you know, Liverpool are top of the league and they haven't even fully clicked yet. Yes, you would expect us to ship more goals because I think we're like crazy outperforming our XG right now. And a lot of that has to do with with uh, Van Dyke and Allison. But um, you, you would expect in the next you know, maybe with the congestion in games coming up here too, to concede a few more goals. So now would be the right time for our attack to click a little bit more. I don't know if it's so much clicking. I think it's more of the personnel in the midfield. I think it's Fabinho and Keita. That's yeah, and he's been switching to four, two, three, one. Sometimes I think it's just clicking in terms of, you know, getting used to the way that Klopp is wanting to play now. Cause it, it does feel a little bit different than last season. It doesn't feel as if necessarily the front three are intertwining as much. And it felt like everyone kind of in a way had an equal role last year in the front three. It, it does feel a little bit different right now, but uh, you know, we, clicking in terms of also just scoring goals like we've been needing, we needed four goals. We needed it. I don't care if one was an old goal on goal. We, we need to, to start putting, you know, three, four in the back of the net, um, you know, when, when the chances come. So that was a huge swing in goal differential with City. That's going to perhaps be will, important will, down the stretch. We will not catch up to them. I don't think this year. I don't, I don't think it's going to come close. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll outperform everybody by at least double digits for sure by the end of the year, in my opinion. They're just they're too talented going forward. And that was negativity by Joey Vishny. I mean, uh, I just... If we could, that would be great. I just, I don't see it happening. They, I just, they, they, with the amount of possession that they have and, you know, they do beat the draws really, really well. And they don't just beat them like we have been, you know, one nil, two nil. They, they just hammer them. You know, they get the five, no wins, the, the five, one, the, the, you know, the big win. So, um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's gotta be on points. We gotta win. If we're going to win the title, it's good. It's going to be on points. But back to Ali's point, Ali, you brought up Keita and Fabinho, and that was, I think, the subject of most of my rant, the last pod that we did on PSG. So have we finally at least gotten them bedded in enough where they're more of an option? Are we walking into yet another flat three with Hendo and Milner and everybody slow possible in our midfield tomorrow in Napoli? Well, I think uh, Hendo's going to play for sure. 
He was uh, well, he's rested for that, right? Good, interesting point. I hope it doesn't happen, but all right. Well, it's gonna happen. So just just be ready for it. Um, <laughs> I think we'll be fine. Jerry mentioned Ancelotti's a world class manager. It's tactically, it's gonna be a absolutely hard game to deal with. They're gonna be really good. Their attack is just so good and so pacey too, they're, though. They're gonna counter us like crazy, and it's gonna be one v ones or one one v twos that we're gonna have to win all over the pitch. He he had come out and said that he wants to play an attacking style of football like they, they normally do anyway. So it'll it'll be tough, but I mean they know they just need you know basically one goal. Uh, I mean I mean obviously we can still win if they score, but they know that 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 one goal will be super crucial to. To them advancing, so um, it's like a goal at this point <laughs> if they score. It. I know, yeah, yeah. Pretty much over. I don't know. I'm excited though. Can't yeah, it's gonna it. be a great game. <laughs> this is this is what we're we're fans for. These types of games. We're in the Champions League. We we have, you know, our, we we have the ability to get out of this group. We have to I go mean, if, and win yeah. at Anfield. Exactly. If, if imagine if Liverpool beat Napoli and United at the weekend, the, the club will be flying high. The fans will be, you know, on cloud nine. It'll be not just the best start to the season that the, the Liverpool have had in the, in the modern era, but I think it'll just, in terms of every, the fans, the club, the players, everyone kind of being on the same page, you know, everyone uh, obviously winning cures everything, but you know, there, there's no division amongst fans over. I don't think even like, like the Hendo talk won't be as prevalent. I just think that if they come out of these two games and they win both of them, just be massive towards the confidence, towards the the morale of the of the club right now moving forward. Well, let's. Uh, why don't we start putting some predictions next to our claims? So, Joey, Mister Positive, why don't you go first? Why don't you lead us off with what result you expect tomorrow in Enfield? Five one. And then at the weekend, one no, five one. God, I hope there's at least an ounce of truth in what you just offered, Allie. Yeah, Joey's like so positive; he's like calling a sweep through these two most important games of the season at this point. Three nil games on both. Three nil, two three nil. Yep. Marino comes in, parks the bus. You're saying three nil still. Yep. Yep. Hmm. That's bold. I might, I might switch it to a 2-1 at United because I feel like he's going to get some shitty goal at some point. <laughs> I really hate that guy. And it all depends who we put in our back line. If there's any changing whatsoever that happens. I mean, of course, it's going to be Matip hopefully next to Van Dyke. And as much as... <laughs> Matip, Matip always owes us a headed goal, right? So <laughs> just pray for that. Well, he had yeah, one, he had one in goal. two years, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, fucking Skirtle had like six goals one year. I don't get how our center backs can't score more. And that was that was before we could even beat the first man on on the corners. <laughs> he was scoring six goals a season. <laughs> Those two against Arsenal were just glorious. Oh my god, I remember where we were. That was that was a crazy. That was probably the most fun I've had. You know, watching a game. I think maybe. Maybe out of every game I've ever watched for Liverpool, that, that might have been one of the most favorite. More fun if we were Jack Sessions. <laughs> oh yeah, good lord! What was that? Was that four goals in the first like twenty five or twenty six minutes or something? 
I think Suarez could have scored the best goal he's ever scored in his oh, life. Was that the rocket off the post? Yeah, and Colo couldn't just touch it in. <laughs> <laughs> it went wide right or something like that. Oh, yeah, God. it hit him before he even realized it. Lost <laughs> that guy. All right, gents. We've gotten the headlines. We've done the headlines. You've sung the headlines. Appreciate that. We've looked at very quickly, you know, like an inch deep, mile wide across three different matches. You know, this perfect streak we've been on since the last time we had a podcast. And we've previewed and we've predicted. So that's it. We're done. Nice. Where can, people, where can people find both of you on the internet? Joey first. I talk on FP at Jay Vishney. Jay Vishney. Jay Vishney. Ali G. Ali G underscore FP on Twitter. And don't forget, talk on FP, Frank Paul, or Football Purist, or something. Stands for something. And thanks for listening. Until next time, talk on. Cue the talk, music. Talk on, talk on, talk on. Okay. Talk, talk on. Oh, talk on. Talk on.